Hello listeners, it's Ray. I just wanted to pop in quickly before the show starts to let you know that this is actually going to be the last episode for 2018. Uh, There will be more episodes in 2019 returning on the 7th of January, Uh, but for this year, this is going to be our last episode. So please enjoy. Hi, I'm Ray from Insert Quest here. My pronouns today are they, them, and tonight we're going to be having a bit of a chat with three convention organizers about what goes into making an event. Uh, This is another one of our um, Insert Quest here presents series of things. It's sort of our experimental format that we're messing around with, stuff that doesn't fit into like a traditional interview or uh, anything like that. So it's another one of those kinds of things. Uh, But as I said, today we're going to be talking about what goes into organizing uh, and making like regional gaming conventions. Um, I am going to be one of those voices um, in that conversation. Uh, I have been involved with the running of a convention here in Newcastle called Nucon, um, or more officially branded as Nucon Oz, because apparently there's a Nucon somewhere else. Uh and that is primarily focused on board games and role-playing games. And uh, I have run stuff at that event in the past. It's actually where Haley and I met uh, who are the Story Brewers people, which we, you might remember from other interviews. Um, and also, uh, also uh, last year, I was involved in the kind of final push setup phase of that convention um actually that wasn't last year that was this year because it's still december uh, so i was involved with that and i am also now the chairperson uh for NewCon running into 2019 and so we'll be talking more about that weird situation as we go but joining me is actually Haley and matt um who are two uh, individuals also involved in the running of conventions and stuff in Australia. Um, I'm going to have them introduce themselves, starting with Haley. Hey, I'm Haley. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, and you. I have been on the show before as one half of Story Brewers Role Playing, but today I am not that. Um, I am here as a member of the organising committee of Arcanacon 2019, which is happening in January in Melbourne next year. So looking forward to chat about all things convention. And hi, I'm Matt Horror. Um, I, uh, sorry, my pronouns are he, him. And uh, I've been running uh, a Blue Mountains convention called EttonCon since 2015 when we started it. Uh, it was running twice a year up until next year where we're taking a little break and coming back in the second half of the year. Yeah, wonderful. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we kind of kind of have a very loose plan for this uh, episode, um, but I wanted to talk kind of a little bit about, and, and, and this is going to mostly be a conversation rather than like a talk show sort of posing questions thing, and I, I want you both to also feel welcome to put things to the others, um, but I thought it might be interesting to start with... Uh, with a little bit about what your convention is, and I think maybe we'll go in experience order. So, Matt, why don't you start 
seeing as you've been doing this the longest? It's pretty weird being the veteran in the group. Um, so uh, our convention sort of started by accident in that it was just um, me deciding what I wanted to do for my birthday one year, um, and it snowballed a little bit. Um, and uh, demand for for the event, you know, kind of spiraled to to the point that we became an incorporated association. But the focus of our event is um, trying to showcase games of all types, so tabletop board games, card games, role playing games, uh, parlor deduction things, semi LARP things, and even some video games. But the the emphasis for us is on it being social. So uh, we wanted to, it to be open to all ages, all demographics, people that hadn't played games of some types before, people that had, um, people who were local to the Blue Mountains area, people that were traveling from interstate. You know, um, we, we just want everybody to get and have fun together. That's our angle. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I didn't know that it had started at like, uh, started as like a birthday event. Yeah, yeah. I I just I got kind of fed up one year, and I said, you know what? That's what I want to do for for my day. I just want to get a space, and I just want to play games, just you know, for like six hours or something. Um, and uh, and a few people were like, that sounds really good. Let's get it happening. And and it was uh, free to enter with like an optional donation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was prepared to have paid for the space myself, and then. Uh, when at the end of the night I had a look in the bucket and there was enough to pay for it a couple of times and everybody said when's the next one and here we are a few years later very very exhausted it's a good story I really like the story I'm really proud of of what's happened with us but I'm also very tired yeah no definitely that's that's a very cool story um NewCon has a different story um I think Newcon started in 2016, um, but uh, the 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 story there is that somebody in Newcastle had uh, gone to the Good Games uh, Facebook page. The local Good Games has a had like a community board kind of th- situation going on, and was like, "Oh, hey, I want to put on a gaming convention," and they got a bunch of people interested, including myself. And then it was sort of looking like the the original organizer was sort of looking like there wasn't going to be uh, uh, sort of looked like there was going to be kind of a um a bit of a difficulty getting it off the ground, and they're like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. And then like at the last minute, a bunch of people uh, pulled it pulled it together, and then uh, the event went ahead. And then they managed to do that again the next year. Um, I didn't really know what happened to that original person that was involved, but the people that, like, pulled it out of that sort of fire and made it work, uh, that they sort of hung around. Um, And Nucon has been very kind of, like, experimental in terms of, like, every year it's sort of, like, funding and layout model has changed, like, how they were organizing um, has changed uh, to the point where, like, next year is going to be the first year where we're going to be selling actual tickets, um, which will be interesting. Um, But Nucon's focus has been, uh, in the words of those that have come before me on the board, um, good old-fashioned family fun. Um, So... (laughs) uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing that I've had to get used to saying to, uh, 
to like business owners and things when we go and look for venues. Um, but what that means is we want it to be a place like we want it to be like this open and friendly and community thing, um, sort of similar to your own. Um, I know that for myself, I've been interested in showing, trying to show uh, like all the different like kinds of games and things you can do. But for the most part, it's just been about getting people together in a space um, and letting them see uh, what other people are doing uh, with games. And there is a primary focus on role-playing games and uh, board games with an actual interesting um, ruling of we don't do war games at Nucon. Um, and we don't do uh, don't do trading card games. Um, so no magic tournaments and things like that. Um, uh, that is a rule that is held on from previous organizers and has to do with like certain organizational logistics and just not having room to set up tables for wargaming stuff. Um, oh, I thought it was going to be an interesting story about a, like a knife fight. Uh, my understanding is that there are some community elements in the Newcastle scenes um, wargaming community that contributed to that decision, um, yeah. which is not to say that they're bad people, just to say that they're competitive, um, yeah. and that was not the environment we wanted to create, um, is my understanding. As I said, I have only been chairperson for half of a year. <laughs> Um, and so I guess that leaves us with Haley, who is going into doing their first ever convention. Yes, indeed. Uh, please excuse the monsoon sounds in the background. We can't really hear it. It just sounds like a faint fan. Oh, excellent. Um, well, as long as the door doesn't crack. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm on helping out with organizing Arcanacon. Um, Arcanacon has a long history, uh, most of which I don't know. Um, it it uh, was a convention that ran for quite some time and then died completely and didn't run for a while. And uh, it is being completely recreated um, for next year. It's, uh, it's going to be a completely different focus and a completely different new structure. And it's very much a role-playing convention. There will be board games at the convention, but it's really all about the role-playing um, and our focus, what we really wanted to do was to create a convention which uh, was very inclusive of both um, role players who have been role playing for a while um, and, you know, are very familiar with the scene, but also people who are new to role playing who might not have tried um, a lot of games before and who are sort of just getting into the hobby. Um, and also something that is inclusive of um, diverse types of people as well. Um, that's something that's really important to me um, and I'm excited about that too. Yeah, I know for myself when I was brought on to the organisational committee last year I keep saying last year this year, just before um, the convention started, it was like two months out before NewCon's next event was going to be and I was like, cool what exactly do you want me to contribute? And they're like, oh, you know, we just want you to help with organization and, like, give us any ideas or feedback. And I was like, cool. And so, like, I fed them all this. I, I gave them all this feedback about, like, accessibility and um, inclusivity and things like that. It's like, oh, we should 
maybe put places for pronouns on our name badges and uh also have you noticed that our venue is completely inaccessible to people uh with uh physical mobility uh disabilities and things like that um <laughs> they were like uh and then they made me chairperson. I'm like, cool, guess what's our focus now as an organization in terms of what are things I will demand of our new venue, seeing as we're changing venue for 2019? Um, yeah, it's, um, it's actually surprising how much there is to consider when you're considering making inclusive and accessible convention. And a lot of, a lot of things that, even, uh, that um, although that's something I, I think about a lot, um, wasn't aware of until I started really looking into it. Yeah, there's still stuff that I'm trying to learn in regards to that. And um, a great resource for me has been um, Quilly Represent Me had did an article where they were talking about like things you can do to make your convention uh, more accessible. And so that's been like a thing I have drawn on. But yeah, the big thing for me was making it accessible um, like physically. Uh, and making uh, and making allowances for uh, people of uh, gender diverse uh, situations, like myself, um, being a gender fluid person. I know that at the, the most recent con, I got there, and I'm like, "Cool! This league's club only has binary toilets." Uh, and thankfully, I was able to find a private bathroom on a level that we were not meant to go to um and so i used that um but uh yeah that's so in their feedback form it was like if you could just make the gender neutral bathroom a little closer to the actual venue that would be so great (laughs) yeah indeed instead of having to walk up this weird secret staircase um have has Ettencon dealt with any of that sort of stuff? Matt? Well, my my son and I went down and worked at GX um, down at uh, like Olympic Park, uh, the last GX that happened, and yeah, and that was um, I probably saw you. Uh, that that was a real eye opener for me in terms of the number of things that we could improve upon, um, the the challenges that that we had. And not just in terms of making sure our venue was appropriate, our signage was appropriate, the spacing between our tables was appropriate, but but also trying to foster more of an inclusive culture because there are a million things that I'm lagging behind on being, a, you know, like a, a approaching middle-aged person. Um, and uh, effectively, it made me rethink a number of things. Uh, I, I thought that I had enough balls to juggle in terms of the logistics of the event, but there were just so many more that I was dropping without thinking. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, and I and I feel like uh, accessibility and inclusivity and the the comfort that people have at your convention is an ongoing process. Like I I'm expecting that, that while we're going to try our darndest, there's definitely going to be things we can improve on uh, from the first time. And I think as long as you have that attitude of listening and, and trying to um, improve on that, which I know at Con has, has definitely been doing, um, you know, we'll get there. We're only getting going to, Get better <laughs> every day. I mean, day. I haven't thought about table spacing till just now, so that's a thing. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's 
great. That's like one of the, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the whole point of these kinds of conversations is like, oh, what <laughs> yeah. have I not thought of? Mm. Of course. Yeah, the, table space. The other thing, yeah, the other thing that came up at GX I should probably mention as well is that um, in, in terms of um, spacing, it wasn't just about mobility, but it was also about giving people enough breathing room to not get sensory overload, to not get, depending on what neurotype they were, whether or not they were affected um, by being in crowds, whether or not mm. uh, it was going to give them anxiety issues. And then that rolls into the idea of having a chill-out space so that people can go somewhere and just not make any sound for a little while. And and we haven't been that lucky to have that much space to have a chill-out space yet, but it's constantly on the edge of my radar. You know, could we please have a chill-out room? Could we please have this? Mm. That's, a thing. That's a thing that I was looking for. Um, we had an extra room this year um at our the last year at our regular at our previous venue um and someone was like oh maybe we could do like a big 4x board game room or whatever like we could do like an all-day thing of twilight imperium i'm like look that's a really cool idea however if that doesn't get off the ground i would very much like to designate it as a quiet place to hang out um didn't end up uh, getting anywhere with either of those ideas um, but uh, it was a thing that uh, yeah it's a thing that I have thought about also um, what about at Arcanacon do you have anything like that planned um, it is something that I think we're working on I personally not being in Melbourne and, and not really having uh, a good idea physical grasp of the, the venue haven't been too involved in the actual physical uh, layout of where things are going to be uh, so I believe that that is something we are still uh, finalising. Yeah, no, totally understandable. Um, cool. I guess um, I might be interested. I'd be interested in talking about like what kind of um, what kind of things have surprised you about uh, about your about the process of being involved in these conventions and things. Like, has anything just completely been like, oh wow, I never would have even thought of that, or like something happened it was like oh that's that's wild and cool i i would have to say almost everything has surprised me along the way definitely um it's all been discovery because i haven't done like um, event management before this so this is my my first and accidental foray into public event management and uh every everything that we've learned from um uh keeping an eye on how things were running in the kiosks so that nobody set off a, a fire alarm or, you know, or how, how to deal with um, all the, the various security things of, of a venue uh, in terms of de- deactivating their alarms or, or um, uh, how to deal with uh, being in the middle of a role-playing game when the fire brigade show up, you know, all, all these things. Everything surprises you at every event, I think totally fair. Hayley? Yeah, I'm expecting a lot more surprises to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm the same. I haven't really done much event management before this. Um, and I think the the unknown factor of people and what people are going to do is like the biggest surprise that is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can think and plan uh, as much as you want and try and 
um, line games up and everything. But ultimately, since this is the first year, we don't really know like when people are going to show up and what, what games will be the most popular and, and all that kind of thing. So you kind of need to plan for a lot of contingencies and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. I know that... Um... I know that for uh, for myself, uh, I have I, think, I don't have any much experience like running events in terms of like public events, but uh, through a lot of parties in high school, uh, and also was involved in like some theater production stuff. Um, but it had never occurred to me that event organization stuff might be a job I could do, and so like that was one of the reasons like I accepted. Um, I was very blindsided when after working on Nucon for like three months and feeling like nothing I had really put forward had come to any sort of fruition, uh, then being asked to be the chairperson. Um, that was probably the biggest surprise, uh, for me just, yeah, like third or fourth meeting, um, second meeting after the convention. And it's like, I nominate Ray as chairperson. I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been really weird. Um, I know that for, you were mentioning, like, you don't know what games and stuff are going to be popular. I know that, um, there are a few games that we set up at, um, the 2018 Nucon where they just fell through or didn't get enough. And then there were like a few pickup games that like came out of nowhere. Like uh, there were like two or three pickup games of fiasco that had not been scheduled, but we had a whole bunch of people that uh, wanted to do it. And at the 2017 Nucon, I ran a pickup game of magical fury because somebody asked. Um, so uh, yeah, you don't really, you never really know what's going to, uh, what games are going to be popular. I mean, other than D and D and Pathfinder. Um, uh, yeah. Does anyone else have anything else they wanted to ask the others about? Haley, I figure, because you're the newer, um, person to this endeavor, I thought you might have some things you were hoping to pick our brains about. Yeah, I'd love to know, um, Matt, if you or yourself, Ray, have any, like, top tips for what to do during the actual day itself, uh, to sort of keep things running smoothly and prevent uh, total chaos <laughs> or, or I mitigate. Suspect, <laughs> I suspect my advice is going to be very short, so I'll go first, and that is um, uh, know what have, have like a schedule of what roughly what people are meant to be doing what in terms of your like organizational staff. Like we had, because a lot of our staff was also running stuff at the convention, we had like people whose I think we had like six or seven staff. It was like, these two people are on like host duty for this block of time, like man the front door and also make sure nothing goes wrong. Um, and also it is helpful to have somebody with a loud projecting voice uh, in your organizational staff because, well, I mean, we couldn't afford PA equipment. So I was just doing announcements all week. <laughs> whenever there was something that we needed to tell everyone about that was my job um, yeah I'd, I'd have to say i've got some similar stuff but i, I won't jump in unless you're done ray 
No, I was about to say, Matt, did you have something? (laughs) As a matter of fact, I do. Um, uh, Yeah, we had a similar situation uh, in terms of projection. We we started with just shouting at people, uh, and then we borrowed one of my children's karaoke set, um, but it wasn't really effective. Then we borrowed somebody else's PA, which was a hassle because then we had to get it back to them when they didn't turn up to pick it up. And now we've, we've picked up a cheap PA uh, with some of the, some of the funds that we raise, you know, during the course of the event. Um, but in terms of running it smoothly, the, the best thing that I can say is have a timetable, have multiple copies of it, it digitally, if you can, so that you can reach one at any given moment um, so that someone knows what's going on and that each station that people are at they know when when they're coming in when they're leaving who's replacing them they've got ways to contact those people if possible um we we um we tried uh, and we're getting better at it but we we tried to to make sure that everybody is connected to some kind of app whether it's facebook workplace or down at gx they use slack but i found that really impossible to follow um uh just so that people don't get stranded. Um, and I guess the other thing, apart from just generally taking care of yourself all day, making sure that you're getting your water, you're getting your protein, you're not going to just fall over. Whenever you meet somebody at a station, the first thing is, how are you doing? How is it going right now? Are you are you coping? Do you need anything? Um, so that if everybody gets a culture of doing that with one another, they can actually, you know, support each other. And um, I, I found much to my pleasure that people race off and get other people food or they um, they check if they like some or they turn up and they say, you know what, you're eating this now. Um, yeah, that, that's the best thing I can say to, to get it running smoothly is if you have all the information at hand, not just for you, but for the people that are stationed in certain places, um, that everybody knows what's going on, or if they don't, they've got no excuse to not know what's going on. Yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a yeah. I was gonna say that's the whole checking in on people thing. That's a thing that I definitely like to mm. try and get more of at our thing. But also to a to a certain degree, we were already doing that, like checking on like who's doing che- checking that, asking people if they need somebody to get food if they were running stuff, or um, another thing was like checking how how people were going to get home because um, a lot of us were a lot of our organizers were i think half of our organizers were doing public transport for that weekend um yeah mm-hmm. do you have any other thoughts regarding the stuff that matt and i said Haley? um and what about uh in the lead up um so i'm just gonna keep asking you guys time zone or thing followed by what are your best advice mm-hmm. um yeah, in the lead-up, because I know that uh, some conventions have problems with people, um, you know, not not appearing at the time that they are meant to appear or, um, or like, poor communication um, around that. Like, um, I guess preparing, what's the best way to prepare people for the event, um, both the people who are actually helping you organise and run it, but also people who are um, attending or running a game there? There's a there's a thing that uh, a thread that has come up more and more um, in my life over the last few years, especially since um, uh, becoming uh, polyamorous, and that is um, communication is key. Um, and like whenever whenever a f- 
whenever I'm like helping a friend through a problem or something, especially if it's like an interpersonal problem, but also like we can be talking about freaking economics. Um, and it always kind of like comes back to the problem here is communication, like people not communicating their needs or, or, or whatever, um, clearly. And so like for that, in terms of like people not being where they need to be, I would just say like communicate to them that you would like them to be there early or be aiming to get there early so that if something does go wrong, there's a buffer of time. Um, that's just like general kind of idea but yeah i honestly my advice for that is just communication is focusing on communication and then everything else will hopefully follow but matt might have something more specifically useful Um, what i have is a lot of hopes and dreams uh, for a future where people do communicate their stuff (laughs) a lot better um at the moment, you know, like we have a lot of tools available to us, you know, people could be checking in with an app to say that they've arrived for a certain session and the organiser could be actually checking that app and seeing that that's happened. But um, you can only kind of um, push for education or cultural change a little bit at a time um, and you'll only ever get, uh, you know, a, a portion of people to pick that up and the rest of them will either not hear about it, not want to do it or forget about it. Um, So as long as you have multiple avenues available for people to make these communications and as long as you're ready to just pivot, uh, if somebody shows up and says, I know I was meant to be demonstrating something, but I was robbed. um, uh, You've got to be able to turn around and go, okay, all right. uh, I know where that table is. I've got to put a note on that right now. Or somebody else says, my car broke down, I'm not going to be able to run my session. You've got to get a, a, a marker over to that table saying that particular session's cancelled so that they're not wasting their time. But, I mean, it's always going to fall down. It's always going to fall down somewhere. I know, Haley, when you and I met, it was me standing on one side of a room looking around saying, yeah, I'm not really sure where Haley is. And then you looking over the other side of the room and saying, I wonder if that person is talking about me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> uh, I never really checked. I just assumed that's what that face was. It, it looked like that. I think this person is speculating about my appearance and whether or not I have actually arrived. And, you know, and you had. That's so cool. That happens to me surprisingly often. <laughs> um, I had another thing. Um, permanent markers are very useful and versatile um i can markers with me all the time not for like so i can write something or whatever it's actually because i do i do my pronoun indicators using a set of symbols and i do them on the back of my hand um so i always have a permanent marker on me um i don't have it because of some like weird preparedness thing but when i was at Nucon, like the fact that I had a permanent marker on me all the time was very helpful <laughs> on several occasions. Um, Agreed. Oh, I, need, I need to like make a note of something. Like here, I need to put a thing on this table here. Um, so permanent marker, very useful. <laughs> yeah, seconded. Um, not only do you always have to have one within reach, but um, when when I was at GX, it stunned me that. Uh, I was, you know, my first time volunteering there and, and you know, just trying to get, get my feet under myself. But 
every five minutes somebody was borrowing one of my markers that I just happened to have just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, surely, surely there's a pile of markers here. Like surely like there's a, there, there's like a stationary pile that we as workers would be, but you know, it always turned into, I saw you with a marker. I need that now. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely think a stationary, a communal stationary pit is very useful for any kind of yep. thing. You, you got to have it. You've got to have it labeled, and you've got to tell people about it, because <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be there, and uh, you're going to tell them at the end of the day that was right next to you. <laughs> right, note to self: pile of markers. Mm-hmm. Are you writing that in a permanent marker? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't have any on hand, really. Do <laughs> you, you've, you've failed before you've begun. <laughs> yeah, no, wild. Uh, yeah, my desk is always has a freaking carpenter's pencil on it, um, just because I'm so used to using them. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I thought it might be interesting to talk about uh, sort of. Um, I mean, po- I, I mean, I'm often interested in because there is so much uh, negativity um, in the world uh, and it is so, and, and also within our media. So like negative stories or stories that focus on like the gritty, horrible people. Um, I'm always particularly interested in positive stories um, and a throughput of the interviews and the, um, and quest markers, which is our Patreon only show. Uh, is that trying to focus on positive aspects of things. So I thought it might be interesting to talk about, like, what have been your most positive experiences um, with your conventions, Um, both the ones that you are trying to set up, but also I'm excited to hear about um, ones that you have perhaps been to, um, in the case of Haley. Um, who has not yet run their convention. But I'm sure you'll have something positive to say from your organization. Um, Matt, do you have something? Uh, I, I, have, I have a number of tiny stories. And, and um, if, we're, if we're going to focus on the, the ultra-positive ones to steer away from the soul-crushing existential crisis, um, uh, <laughs> then I, I, I'm going to start with um, running parsley the verbal text adventure for a visually impaired guy that just you know just walked up to me when i was demonstrating it and his wife just said to me is this something that my husband could play and i'm like gosh yes this is actually perfect for you this is like the best game in this whole place for you let's go um i i I was so nervous i didn't run a particularly good game of parsley for him but it it was it was really cool for that moment to have happened because they they basically wandered into the world of games that day and were looking for something that would work. And it, we just happened to be running that. And we were only running it because um, my one of my younger sons, uh, uh, he, um, he was running the demo and then he got a bit tired and I offered to take over. Um, and, and so, yeah, that happened. Um, and, yeah, lots of, lots of cool little things That's- have come out. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to hug that one really hard. Um, but, uh, you know, like the, the number of people that I wouldn't have met without the convention uh, and not just attendees, but game designers like Haley and V, you know, like 
it, I, it's, I have it's an been... interesting uh, V and Haley story about conventions to tell a little bit later. Oh, I would like to hear it. <laughs> um, um, but I, I want to tell one right now, and that is like uh, at the first NewCon, I actually met my longest term uh, collaborator. Um, my friend uh, Finn and I met at NewCon uh, and uh, at a, an Eclipse Phase game I was running. I was running an Eclipse Phase intro um, that I had written because I thought the original Eclipse Phase introduction scenario was a dumb uh, because it tried to pack too much uh, into one thing. Uh, and so uh, that was really cool having getting to, uh, getting to run uh, Eclipse Phase for a bunch of people. Um, but also the fact that I met this wonderful long-term friend and got to collaborate on this. And, and then because of that, have collaborated on so much. Like, we've made series for my podcast together and they helped me, like, do layout for my first game and help me, like, uh, work out a bunch of mechanic stuff. Like, they've served... Uh, he served as, like, a, a sounding board for ideas. I mean, like, is this thing working? It's like, I don't really understand what this mechanic is meant to mean or do. It's like, cool, so it's not clear. I'll change it. Um, uh, and stuff like that. And uh, it's always uh, always very grateful for having uh, that, having met Finn, and that Finn on a whim was like, maybe I'll check out this thing, because it's been a while since I've gotten to roleplay, and it'd be nice to roleplay. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, in terms of Arcanacon, it's definitely been uh, the level of excitement I've felt at uh, having a lot of people who I think are really awesome uh, become part of the convention and put their energy and, and passion into it and be like, yes, I'm going to see you there. We're going to do the thing. We're going to get to role play, and that's really exciting. I feel a bit like you said um Matt, you know, that you did this for your birthday. I feel like there's a very small part that is that, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to go there and um, be a part of that. Um, in terms of previous conventions that I've experienced, um, I have a lot of positive memories from Etincon. I think it's, it's been, um, I've really valued the open-mindedness of a lot of the, the people at Etincon and uh, the sort of, community feeling that it brings out so um thanks matt (laughs) i I can't take credit for that um and i have got to tell you every single time i'm petrified that we're going to get a different mix of people and we're going to get a different vibe and and every like every single time no matter how um kind or welcoming the majority of the crowd might be i'll watch somebody looking for a table um and i'll be so scared for them like are you going to find somewhere to sit down are you going to find your people are you going to find your people and they happen to be playing a game that you hate so you won't approach them you know um but it's always a party and you're always wondering what's going to go right or wrong at this party mm. yeah. yeah you've just made me wonder do i need to do i does does newcon need some kind of mixer <laughs> Do I need a, hey, this is just, uh, just, this is just a meet people thing that is running. Like, come sit down and meet other people that do stuff. 
Uh, yeah, it's tricky because by default the convention is that, but yeah. the question is, are these people going to mesh or are they going to understand each other are they are they going to be in the right frame of mind for each other on that particular day is somebody going to say some offhanded joke and not realize how it's going to affect someone else and and so yeah socially it's terrifying but um the the amount of smiles that come out uh generally speaking um kind of put me at ease that's Yes, no, I I hundred percent agree. Something that um something that's like been really important for me in terms of like in terms of both insert quest here, but also things that I have tried to bring to um Nucon is we sh- you should be explicit about things that you maybe think are unspoken rules, things that you think are obvious, um. For example, we still get the occasional conservative, like, libertarian person following the insert quest here Twitter. And I'm like, yo, dog, I don't think you want to be here. I don't think this is the place for you. Um, But also, like, I think of the fact that um, lots of people think, like, well, yeah, like, like the fact that, of course, this event is uh, a social event. gathering it's an opportunity to meet new people but that you do, it doesn't necessarily mean that other people have made that assumption or have felt like they have been given permission like giving explicit permission for people to do a thing is very powerful and like the first time i really realized that was when uh we introduced like an x card rule to one of the games we did for insert quest here um and like we didn't we needed it before we introduced it and then after we introduced it we didn't need it again because we never we we felt comfortable that no one was ever going to go too far and that if they did we had that safety button um and so like i guess that's a thing like being explicit and stating yes this is the thing we want and this is the thing you can do can alleviate stress but also like give power to things I don't know. That's just a thing that I care about, I guess. Yeah, same here. Like, really, we've been massively, well, when I say we, I've been massively inspired by um, Big Bad Con and how well they handle mm. things like that. And so yeah. I, I've really tried to take a lot of that on board. And, like, just this week, um, Bree Sheldon posted that uh, uh, update script change tools, and I'm like, we've got to get those in there. Like, we've... Um, We've just started um, uh, at our last event, I think it was, possibly the one before, um, bringing in a GM primer sheet that's on every, um, like, uh, every GM's packet for every session. And it says, we expect this at a bare minimum. We expect that you're going to introduce yourself to, to your players, that you are going to talk about you know, like the the whole cats principle. You know, um, uh, making sure that people are aware of of the content, the tone that you're aiming for, and, and so on, and that you've got some safety tools in place. And a lot of the GMs already had safety tools, and a lot of them, you know, um, hadn't even really thought about the fact that they had them. That yeah. they hadn't really. It was just a common sense thing to them. But a lot of other GMs, you know, had only just started running games 
at Ettencon. And so they their first game was a success. They felt good. They came back to the next one. And then by the third or fourth, maybe they were just rocking up to the table slightly late, not introducing themselves, starting to play. And other people would say, you know what, I come from a place where we're a lot more careful than that. Um, and uh, and so we, we're trying to bring that standard up a little bit. Um, to self, yeah. GM primers. We're also yeah. doing something very similar for Arcanacon, creating a standardised document for all the GMs um, cool. that just covers off that sort of stuff. I know that for me personally, the um, I have a I've, I, I am not one to have like one size fits all tools, but like one tool that I think is very useful and one that I think is more universal than. There are certain times where the X card rule is not useful, and there are also times when, like, uh, even places where script change is not going to work super well. Um, But one that I'm always, always in favor of and is often forgotten is the talking explicitly about what we want out of the game and, like, that discussion beforehand of these are the themes and the tone of the game and here's, like, what's in it. And, like, I know that when... I was first looking at, uh, I've forgotten the name of it now, Good Society. Um, the fact that that is like an actual ingrained mechanical component of that game. The This is the part where we talk about like what we do and do not want in the game. Um, I am so on board for that. Um, I think that that is by far the best safety tool. Yeah, that's exactly what Matt was saying with the, with the cats... Um, idea. So yeah, I think that definitely is something that it's going to be in the in the primer for sure. Totally. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, we're sort of coming up on our last ten minutes. Um, so I did want to share a <laughs> an interesting story about how V and uh, V and Haley and I met. But before that, um. I wanted to ask if there's anything that you've really wanted to have at your convention but haven't been able to implement or has never really come through or um, or, or it just didn't really get any traction with the other members involved. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I guess for me it would have been the, the trying to get like uh, trying to get some kind of traction on a gender-neutral bathroom at the first uh, Nukon, which, to be honest, the board was receptive of, but was like, how are we going to do that? We don't decide what the toilets are at the Leagues Club. Like, what are we, we going to do? And I'm like, look, that's fair. Um, uh, somewhat more success so far with the new venue. <laughs> um, but, uh, Matt, do you have anything like that? I, I have so many we don't have time, but um, I'll, I'll say quickly my my initial solution to the lack of neutral uh, gender bathrooms was uh, just putting a big piece of paper over the giant old timey sign that said men um, and saying well that's that's everybody's now. Um, but uh, you know it's really hard when you're working with community venues like it's really hard to to find somewhere that just has something as basic as wheelchair access inside the building from one room to another because they might just have three steps 
And the, the only way to deal with those three steps is anybody that's in a wheelchair or with a frame or whatnot is going to have to go outside, around, and in through a different door. And so that means you need to have somebody else at that door. But anyway, um, more to the point, things I wish that we could have but didn't manage to do yet. Way up on my list, um, just more staff. Just mm-hmm. You know, and and it's the age-old problem of you know, um, uh, everybody wants to be a player and nobody wants to be a DM, or um, or somebody's a DM and they just can't find their players. And so I, I think with it with a convention, everybody wants to attend the convention, and and really there aren't many people that that are that masochistic that they want to run it. Um, they they might run it out of necessity, and it might be fun, um, but uh, yeah, we need more people. I think most conventions would need more people and more ways to reward those people for the time that they put in without jacking prices up so high that they're inaccessible to people in low income brackets. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that's my number one uh, thing that I, you know, I always wish we could mm. do better is have more people to man more spots. I, I want every station to have two people at it so that when they're not busy helping attendees, they can just play a game with each other. I don't want people just stranded alone for their shift, just waiting to be released. Um, it, it should be a community thing where everybody pitches in. Um, and then the second on my list very quickly is somebody that cares about video games enough to, um, to be there and support those and know how to help people with, um, with devices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's our that's our lowest hanging fruit, really. Um, well, that's a really bad analogy, but uh, that's that's the that's the wonky chair leg of our convention is um, video game support, and we've always wanted it there, and and we want it to be social, not competitive or violent. But um, having somebody that's there to be able to say, "Wait a minute, young man, where are your parents? And uh, do they know that you've been hogging that controller for three hours?" Those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Haley, is there anything that you've uh, had yeah. difficulty getting off the ground for Arcanacom? I think it's always, like, the case of, I mean, if I had more space, right, like the chill-out room that you were talking about, um, I'd love to have a whole room um, rather than just, like, a quarter of the room. You're like, this is a space, um, and I, I'd love to have, to be able to create a more relaxed atmosphere using space, Um Rather than the necessity of, yeah, having to have everything so close together. But I think as well as that, um, as much as we've sort of put effort into trying to get uh, a wide range of people running games at the convention, there's just so much more I wish we could do in terms of that. There's, There's so many more perspectives I would really love to see represented um, and you know, like Big Bad Con, <laughs> talking about that again, I take inspiration from, has, has gone to a point now where they have the scholarship um, thing going so they can actually assist disadvantaged people to be at the convention and um, run their games. And definitely we have been able to do that in a much more minor way, but at the same time I still feel like the... I'm still dissatisfied with the amount that we've been able to do in terms of getting those perspectives represented. Yeah. I know for myself, something that I've wanted to do is a thing that I want to do for Newcom, but haven't yet found a way to do 
that I feel is both feasible, fair, and ab- and above reproach. Um, uh, and that is, I want to find a way to encourage and support and make welcome people within the board game and RPG community um, that might feel like it is not a place that they are allowed to be in. Specifically there, I'm talking about um, women, um, queer or LGBTQI, um, T, any of the letters that I forgot, I do apologize. I tend to use queer. Um, And also uh, A. Uh, and also, um, also people uh, of color as well, um, and people from you know non-white ethnicities, um, and that's mostly because, like, I mean, I just don't see them represented in any of the community spaces within Newcastle, um, in particular, people of color, um, and I don't know if that's a, I, I feel, I don't know if that's a demographic breakdown of Newcastle or, or not. Um, or if it's just that those people don't really feel comfortable uh, coming to the convention, or if they just don't know that it's there. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested in finding a way to encourage and make those people feel welcome. Um, I've had, I've definitely talked to people before, and it's not really a comment about NewCon, it's talking about conventions in general. And they're just like, I don't want to play with random red people. I'm like fair i'm like why is that it's like and there's an underpinning there of i don't think that it would be safe or fun or enjoyable um i know that for myself i have i haven't had this happen with rpg spaces in newcastle but there have been times when i have gone to larp events and i have felt like um there was an attitude of uh my gender expression is not allowed or is is weird um and so that is a a thing that definitely made me never go back to that loving group ever again um so yeah that's a that's that's a thing that i have been trying to tackle with and also uh also i want to do like panels at newcon but we just don't really have the audience for it uh that's my other thing (laughs) I know we've got to finish up, but I have to speak to all three of those points really oh, quickly. Look, we've got as much time as we want. We've got another. Uh, we've got plenty of time. Okay. Well, anyway, um, uh, my family's expecting me for dinner, so I'll still rush. Um, so, firstly, uh, all, all the while that Haley was speaking, I was thinking about how how frustrating it is when I'm looking at the roster of GMs running games, and um, and we have such a small portion of non-straight white neurotypical dudes and um and whenever we have somebody that's outside that that's giving us a different perspective a different style you know a, a whole different vibe at their table um something might happen in their life and they'll get busy with work or uni or whatever and they won't be coming back for a little while and the roster just fills up with more really stock standard majority game genre kind of people and uh and yeah i get worried that it's going to be bland for people and that people aren't going to feel welcome and comfortable and on occasion we have received messages from frightened people saying i want to come to your convention i haven't yet how safe is it uh how how safe 
am I going to be considering who I am? How, how, um, how many um, procedures and policies and uh, staff trainings do you have in place to make sure that if I show up and one random person has an issue with me, that I'm going to get out of there alive? And having to have that conversation with anyone breaks my heart because they shouldn't need to. They just shouldn't need to, but I see why. Um, I've I've had people at my table uh, for a role-playing game and I know from hearing from friends of friends that they have a culture within their household of being intolerant and I know that my game isn't going to let them get away with that, it, they're, that they're going to be really, really clear acceptances both at the table and in the game space, in the game world. Um, and and I worry whether or not I'm going to push them over the edge, but I also want to challenge them. Um, so super, super, super difficult. And now I've gotten so caught up, I can't remember what your last point was. Um, panels? No, or the thing about yeah, yeah. No, that's ex- no, that's exactly it. Panels. I- I'd love to have workshops. I'd love for Panel- people to panels and workshops and things are the stuff that yeah. I am most excited for when I go to like big conventions. Yeah. Um, like playing- I forgot they were a thing until I was at GX, and there were so many. Yeah. And and I had to film them and stuff, and and so I, I got exposed to so many interesting moments there, and I'd never thought about it. I was like going to a gaming convention, going to play games. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like those are that that at GX and that at um at uh PAX, those were the things that I like. That was why I was there. Like, yeah, um. yeah. We have got a gr- uh, exciting panel lineup for our Carnicon. I will be interested to see whether this that's something that people do actually find valuable in a smaller convention where the people on the panels aren't necessarily the all stars you get at something as big as as GX or PAX. All of the people are just like, no, I'm going to play. <laughs> so that's definitely a, t- a, a thing that I'm interested to see. Yeah, exactly. I know that for myself. I don't feel like I don't feel like Newcom has the audience size where that is um, a worthwhile investment of resources in setting that up. But I know that's something that I really want to try and do is get people um, get in uh, people to run games from like other places and things like that. So like talking to GM uh, GMs from like around the country and be like, Hey, you should come to Newcon and run stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the, talking about the, that mess, the messages that you've gotten, um, Matt, like that sort of stuff is a thing that I, um, I, I always, I, ha- I don't know if Newcon's gotten any messages like that. Um, not certainly none that I have seen since I have become, uh, a chair person. Um, it is a thing that I that I think about, and I know that in my personal life, I always think I am a large, semi-imposing, um, bisexual, transgender, non-binary individual. I have. I am pretty capable of handling myself so to speak and so like an a, a a thing that i have often and i feel safe and secure enough being vocal about that so like a thing that i have often held um and i even said this at gx at the closing thing uh is that like it has always been my drive to be that 
kind of like I have described it before as being like a shield in that like I I must be vocal because there are people who can't be. I must be visible because there are people that need to see that you can be out here and and be unapologetically uh who you are. Um to paraphrase a quote that a listener of Insert Quest here once shared, um uh I love that Ray is unapologetically queer uh and Australian, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's like yeah a thing for me. Hmm. Well, it has been a pleasure um, having you all on, and I wish you the best of luck with your uh, conventions. Um, Haley, you've got Arcana Con, Arcana Con. Jesus, my tongue sort of all just rolled together there. Um, Arcana Con is coming up on the twenty sixth and the twenty seventh of January. That is absolutely right. 26th, 27th of January at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. And you can get tickets right now. That's right. At this very moment, they are available on our website. Indeed. Um, I'm so excited for our Carnacon. It, I am, I'm very disappointed that I won't be able to make it. Um, but I know so many wonderful people that are going there. A bunch of the people that we've interviewed, the game designers we've interviewed for Insert Quest here are going to be there. Um, I'm excited for you to run your first con. Uh, well, to be part of running your first con. Um, so I hope that that goes well. Where can people find out more about ArcanaCon and yourself? Yeah, so uh, you can find more about ArcanaCon on our website um, or the ArcanaCon Facebook page. We post all updates about the convention there. And me personally, uh, to use a third platform on Twitter at, at StoryBrewers. And we'll have links to all that down below. Uh, Matt, I'm very excited to hopefully finally get to Etoncon. I have been trying to get there since I was made aware of it. Um, I have been putting aside funds next year to visit several small conventions around New South Wales as a, as a personal development and business expense. So I will hopefully be able to make it to uh, Etoncon Uh when is the next Ettencon going to be held? It's okay if you don't have the specific dates locked in yet. I do actually. Um, when when you uh, when you publish this, uh, it will be out there. But as we're speaking right now, this you're, you're the first people outside the organisation that I'm speaking it to. We've just booked August 10th in Blackheath. We were hoping to do a two day event for the first time ever, but it just wasn't going to work because of venue availability and uh, some other small factors involving my life. So, um, yeah, but uh, the other thing about that is that we've we've taken summer off um, just for you, Ray, so that you've got plenty of run-up so that, <laughs> so that you, can, you can make it to our winter event instead. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so course, you had to put it in August, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, sorry. Um, right, that's fine. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing I th- I thought would come up 
uh, in our discussions today is scheduling. Uh, uh, we probably could have talked about it, but I just I didn't I didn't think I, about it. I think I think scheduling is something that could have its own series of podcasts. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's it, been a running theme of the uh, of the insert quest here presents series. Is at the end we're like, oh, we could have talked about this other thing. Yeah, of course we could. We always could. So um, if anybody wants to know more about Etincon, um, the best place to go is our website. Everything links off that. So whether it's Facebook, Twitter, the doomed Google+, the Discord server, um, the Instagram account. Um, we've got an email newsletter if you prefer to receive your information in that way. Um, so uh, hopefully I can furnish you with all those links, Ray. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you go to the website, everything links off that. Um, and the website evolves as tickets go on sale and more and more information automatically pops up for people to be able to keep abreast of it. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to reach me or the convention in general, um, Etincon are on Twitter as Etincon. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're happy to talk to anybody at any time about anything, whether it's, uh, that they're curious, that they're afraid or that they're excited. Uh, we want to talk to people. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm so, excited to have the most overflowing august ever <laughs> not only is august when my birthday is but it's also when nucon 2019 will be on oh we are hoping to have nucon 2019 uh on the weekend of i believe it is the 17th okay of august so it's the uh, next weekend after okay. After Edgott, yeah, seventeenth and eighteenth is what we're planning. Ooh. Yeah, that was close. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did talk about, <laughs> uh, and then I was like, "Can we just do seventeenth and eighteenth? Because I just would, I feel better about seventeenth and eighteenth. Well, at least this time I managed to dodge Gen Con and GammaCon. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so. You can find out more about NewCon uh, by going and checking it out on Facebook. Um, that is the best place to find out about um, NewCon. Uh, on on Facebook, I believe it is listed as NewCon Oz uh, because there's some other convention somewhere that is also called NewCon. Um, but we'll have a link to that down below, as well as the links to ArcanaCon, EttonCon, and all of our personal links for you to find out more. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you both so much, uh, for talking, uh, talking with us tonight. And I'm going to finish off with a anecdote, um, about, uh, V, uh, and Haley. But, uh, and that is, uh, uh, the, uh, that we met, uh, at the first Nucon. Um, I saw Haley across a room. I played a game uh, with V and then several months, possibly a year later, I heard about this game design group uh, called the Story Brewers and that they were from Australia and that they were from Sydney and that they were publishing a game about uh, some like historical Scottish period piece. Uh, and I got really interested, and I was, I was so keen, and it was like the, I think 
it was like the second or third interview I did was like, oh, I want to, I want to interview these Australian game designers. That'll be so cool. And then I was like telling a friend about this. I'm like, you know these people. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, you've met them. I'm like, when? I'm like at Nukon. And then they showed me a photo of me <laughs> and V together. <laughs> Having played a game <laughs> together at the first Nucon. Uh, and that was wild. And honestly, I feel like uh, V and Haley are probably some of uh, uh, my closest friends in the Australian RPG world. Whenever I get to see you two, it is a pleasure. Um, Likewise. And I am so excited to meet Matt in person next year. Oh, it's going to be a letdown, but. Um, I've got to, I've got to say, um, with, with, uh, with Haley and V for me, it's the, uh, uh, I knew them when moment I, I get to, I get to do that. I get to go, you know, no matter how, how much stuff they were doing, it wasn't this stuff that they did later. And, and, and so it was cool because this game got play tested here and it had a different name. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds really interesting. You should do that. And I'm like encouraging people to join the table and play it. And I'm like, now I'm holding this book that just got shipped to us and it's stunning. So yeah. Um, it's nice to have stories from people getting together and meeting different people and playing different things and discovering stuff. It's so nice. That's, that's the best thing about all of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is the great, this is the best part about these small conventions and these regional yeah. conventions is that, and, and this is not a unique thing to Australia. They have these, like, they have more of these in other countries. Australia <laughs> has like the population of a large American city. Like, yeah. Australia is very yeah. big and very tiny at the same time. Um, the American map for Asian is nuts. Don't look directly at that thing. You'll never see anything else. <laughs> but there's, this is the great thing, like getting to meet people that share your hobby and, like, com- and, and connecting with them, like having these interesting, like kind of, sometimes they're one-off relationships and connections and other times they, they, they'll last for quite a while and like you'll, you'll kind of reconnect at these events. Um, and so uh, I definitely, I always recommend it. Whenever I do like a breakdown show afterwards, after getting back from a convention or something, I'm always like, this was the cool thing that happened and community. So, But thank you all for being on and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear more uh interesting rambling cool discussions like this you can check out interviews that we've uh done with people or you can check out the other insert quest here presents series um but for now uh farewell from the past i'm ray